of times. It was the worst of times. The blurst of times. Okay, sorry. It's a Simpsons reference. Oh, of course it is. <laughs> no, just too sheltered. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you haven't, if you haven't noticed before, James and I speak Simpsons. in Simpsons references. We're full of we're full of Simpsons quotes. Well, this one yeah, that's right. That's true. Um, so I mean, you know, if you ever need to know anything about the Simpsons, just ask. Um, Will do because, like, that's the, <laughs> my two my two main things: the history and the and Simpsons. The Simpsons. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, history and the history of the Simpsons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Six, Welcome to How Did It Come To This, where learning from the past is all we talk about. As always, I am here with my esteemed colleague and friend, Siobhan Doherty. Hi, guys. And, of course, working his magic and telling us we're wrong is our producer, James. Hi. Howdy. I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> you I'm worked sh- on that all week, didn't you? <laughs> he's been thinking about his... Even though even though no one can hear him, he's been thinking and working on his introduction. <laughs> Bless his cotton socks. I know. I know. This week on how did it come to this. We continue with part two of our two-part episode on the European Union. In our last episode, we discussed the beginnings of Europe and its fledgling agreements that have made it a large influence on the world stage. This week, we look at the UK's troubled relationship with the EU and more importantly, talk about Brexit with its pitfalls and possibilities. Why did the UK vote to leave? Who were its proponents? And ultimately, how did it come to this? Good job. Nailed Thanks. it. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying hard not to sound like it's like too pre-prepared. Scripted. Scripted. Yeah, that's right. But yeah. uh, I mean. Well, only yeah. that bit. Now we're ad-libbing. Now it's all, now it's all ad-lib. <laughs> Welcome to the show, guys. Anything could happen. Um, so last week we were talking because ex-captain of Team Australia, Tony Abbott, mm-hmm. uh, was appointed much an advisor. former prime minister. Oh, he's so much beloved. <laughs> yeah, uh, and um, and he, you know, he's selling his wares as a as a trade yeah, advisor, yeah. Uh, and yeah. so that prompted us to talk about the European Union and yep. and what the European Union is, how it works, what's going on, mm-hmm. uh, how it came together. Yep, uh, and we left it on the note of we are now about to divide. Yeah. Um, and, and, and Britain. Yeah. How and why. How and why. And mm-hmm. I, I think um, some of the, some of the, while I was researching this week, yep. um, some of the things that surprised me about um, Brexit, I guess if we just call it Brexit, mm. that'll yeah. be good. Yep. Well, um, not an original term. <laughs> no, true, true. Um, so some of the things that surprised me were uh, how far back uh, – European scepticism or yeah. Eurosceptics yeah. go. Yeah. Um, who supported staying and who supported leaving, yeah. and then the f- the flipping of those two yeah. kind of things, yeah. and like who who was in support, who was against. Mm-hmm. It's it's been a really interesting yeah. ride looking at this to yeah. me. So a lot of my research this uh, leading up to this has been based on speaking to people who are actually there and who were there for the referendum. And, yeah, and, and you've their, got contacts. Yeah, their sight, the insights into it all. So maybe like you will talk about like the the actual sort of news behind it and. Um, 
like how, how it all developed and, sure. and I can provide insight on how some people are feeling on the ground at the moment. So, Excellent. Yeah. It'll That's, be good. It is good. Yeah. I'm yeah. just the first time that we've used first hand, first hand sources. Yeah. yeah no, That's exciting as a historian. Exciting. Like I, I will have to say that there's not a lot of diversity. It's two people. And, and so, but, but that's fine. It's, it's, it's still man on the street. It's legitimate and yep. it's um, helpful. So, sure. Yeah. Excellent. All yep. right. Well, uh, let's, let's dive in. Uh, and, and we're going to now remember how the production value up last time. Yeah. Well, the production value is up again. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you right now. Okay. Um, All right. So what do you um, got for us? Well, we're about to dive back in time. And of yep. course to dive back in time, we need a, a way to get there. Sure. Um, and so I thought, <laughs> I thought that this week, like, where, where are we going? Where are we going? Well, okay. To? So we're going to head all the way back uh, to 1960, 19, well, let's say 19, 69. We're going we're gonna to okay. go back to 1969. Sounds good. We're going back to 1969, everyone. I've decided. Okay. On, on a whim. Are you ready? <laughs> Are you ready? Let's Here we go. go. <laughs> Thanks, Wayne and Garth. Woo-hoo. They've sent us back to 1969. <laughs> uh, so when we were talking the other week about the European Union and the formation of the European Union and, mm-hmm. we, and we dove all the way back into like the really – uh, exciting topic of European economic Economics. communities. Um, the European economic community was made by, uh, I, I actually only found this out this week, okay. not while researching the European Union, funnily enough, yeah. is that there was the inner six and the outer seven. Oh, okay. Did you read, no, did you read about I this? I did not know that. So yes. there's, there's the inner six, yep. which were uh, original European countries that signed the Treaty of Paris in 1951, which was the economic coal and steel yep. thing, community, yeah. Right. Um, and that was like France and... Um, oh, okay. And Italy. France, and Germany, Italy, yeah. Britain, uh, sorry, the Netherlands, yeah. Belgium, and Luxembourg. Yeah, yeah, right. So um, they were the inner Nailed six. It. Yeah. Um, and initially um, the UK wanted, they, they wanted to join. Mm. They saw it as a good thing. Sure. Um, and uh, they, tra- they tried to join in 1963. They tried to join in 1967. <laughs> um, but crucially, the president of France, Charles de Gaulle, Said, he no. was like, yeah, no. 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 Was that good? No. Yeah. If you don't know, Siobhan lived in Paris. No, I didn't. That's oh, what? No, where were That's you? Sorry, where were you in, in France? Saint-Étienne. Sorry. Oh, um, say that again. Saint-Étienne. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so Charles de Gaulle, he didn't He didn't want it. He vetoed it. He <laughs> yeah. said no. 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 Yeah. Um, and uh, he resigned in 1969. Okay. Which is the year we've travelled back to. Yes. Um, in which the UK successfully applies for membership of the economic community. Because mm-hmm. whoever followed Charles de Gaulle said, we. Oui. We, oui. yeah. Hey. That's right. There My we go. language skills, How, way oh, up there. Coming, coming way into up the fore. Excellent. <laughs> um, and so they they join and things are okay for a while. And mm-hmm. then during the 70s and 80s, um, funnily enough, it's the Labour Party of the UK that are Very opposed uh, to uh, joining a European yeah. union of sorts. I guess I can kind of understand that. Like um, the the whole reason for their existence is protecting British sure. jobs and British workers. Yeah. Um, so I, I can see why originally that would have been their that stance. Would have made sense. Yeah. 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 Uh, and, and of course the, um, on the other side, the conservatives were 
more europhile it says mm. here so uh, okay. they they were you know they wanted to um i guess make money off of yeah. whatever was going on because it was an economic thing at first yeah. right so yeah. it was um, never su- well i mean originally it wasn't this sort of all it wasn't an all encompassing political yeah. deal right yeah. uh, and so yeah so uh, we have uh, england or uk joining um, the economic community mm-hmm. Uh, and the the two sides of politics kind of arguing about whether we should, whether we shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, during the 1974 election um, in the UK, uh, Labor win um, without a majority. Okay. Uh, and then they contest um, another election in that year, so in October 1974, um, with a commitment to renegotiate Britain's terms of membership right. in yep. the economic community, yep. um, believing that they'd be unfavourable. And mm-hmm. then they were going to hold a referendum mm-hmm. on whether to remain uh, in the EC. Mm-hmm. And so Labor win that election with a majority, small one, mm-hmm. but they win. And so in 1975, they have a national referendum yep. asking whether the UK should remain. Yeah. Um, there was division amongst whether or it was division in the Labour Party about right. whether they should remain or or, yeah. or go, uh, and all the major political parties in the mainstream press um, ended up supporting staying in the end, which is interesting. So yeah, they actually yeah. all end up okay. saying, yeah. "No, actually, we should probably yeah. stay." Yeah. <laughs> okay. uh, Seems like a good idea. Guys. And so on <laughs> on the fifth of June, nineteen seventy five, with sixty seven point two percent of mm-hmm. support. Wow, that's significant. Um, yeah. Every every county except for two. Okay. In the UK, vote sure. to stay. So I'm assuming, actually, I didn't research this. I'm assuming that in the UK, you need a majority of counties as well as a majority of people. Like we have the majority right. of states and the majority of people. Yeah. Is that, yeah. Maybe. Well, I, I mean, fact checker. Can you, can you check UK <laughs> referendums for me, please, James? That'd be great. Um, <laughs> so, and then uh, they, so they stay mm-hmm. uh, and then, um, they again, the Labour Party again, come back in 1983 with a commitment to withdraw. Right. So they've from, got form. <laughs> yeah. So they come and they're like, we're going to do it again, guys. Yeah. We're, so they campaign on withdrawing from the, the economic community without mm-hmm. a referendum this time. Okay. What's the reasoning? Well, technically they didn't need the referendum to join or leave. It was just an act it. of parliament okay. to do it. Yeah. Um, we'll get to arguments as to whether that's – proper Legal? or not later okay, because sure. um, there is an argument about that. Okay. Um, but um, they, so they go, they go to that election mm-hmm. uh, and then they, um, they have a really heavy defeat um, to, I'm pretty sure Margaret Thatcher yeah. and, her, and the, yeah. the first Thatcher term. Sure. Um, and so then they change their policy. Okay. So after that, Labor's like, okay. like, all right, fine, we'll ditch it. <laughs> We've been defeated a couple of yeah. times now. Yeah. We are on board with the EU. Yeah, that's right. So, and then, um, so then, the Margaret Thatcher in Margaret Thatcher's second term, mm-hmm. um, she signs on to the Single European Act, which was the first kind of major revision of the Treaty of Rome, which we talked okay. about last yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and um, they do that without a referendum. Yep. Um, and then we can't um, be having referendums every time you do. No, that's right? true. That, that it, gets that, I mean, they and, are expensive, and, and it's yeah, boring. And <laughs> I mean, and you know, I mean, technically, in most countries, a referendum is to change something in constitutional, yeah. which the UK hasn't got yeah. a constitution, and so that's you know, it's yeah. a little kettle of fish. I actually don't know what's going on there. <laughs> well, that would make an, an interesting topic in itself. It would maybe, yeah, 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 yeah that yeah. be that deserves some more research. I think it really does. Um, cool. All right, and so then. In 1990, there's older pressure on Thatcher, mm-hmm. um, who 
uh, at this point we're getting towards in the nineties, we're getting towards the movement towards the Euro. Right. Wait, right. Was she prime minister in the nineties? So October, 1990. Really? Okay. Yeah. All right. I just had her yep. like pegged solidly in the early eighties. No, she, so she resigns as prime minister sometime in the early nineties. I'm not okay. entirely oh, sure you when. Yeah. Okay. Cool. There you go. Yeah. There yep. you go. There I know. You go. Yeah. Me too. She, she is very much an eighties figure. Yeah. Yes, in my in mind. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so the clothes she wears mainly. Yeah. So the thing that, the thing that she was getting pressure from was because the, the European union at the time was setting up what was known as the European exchange rate mechanism, mm-hmm. which yeah. <laughs> is fascinating, fascinating yeah, stuff. Okay. But essentially from like, I'm, I mean, I'm not an economist, Yes. but, really? um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I think from what I could, from what I could gather, the idea is you don't want exchange rates to fluctuate too much when you're trying to generate a single market. Well, no, that would be because that would be disastrous, yeah, right? So, yeah. like, you unstable know, and uh, and difficult to plan, and yeah. And like, so, the yeah. thing with you, the eurozone is that there's all these different currencies. Yes, some countries are doing better in some yeah. respects than others, and yeah. so what are you going to do? Well, they create this thing, the European Exchange Rate Mechanism, where you pin your currency to someone else's currency and you try not to fluctuate too much. Okay. And it's a, that I, sounds really it complicated. Was, it, it is. It is really And <laughs> yeah. I was reading it. I'm like, what? Oh, my head hurts. Um, but essentially from what I could gather is you don't want like exchange rates at the minute are set by the market. Yep. Right. But technically you don't have to do that. A government could say, no, okay, yeah. our, our dollar's worth this, everyone. Mm. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. You know, this <laughs> Stuff yeah. is all, yeah. right? And so they did that within the Eurozone. Mm. So that exchange rates don't fluctuate. Yeah. So the pound got pegged to the Deutschmark. Okay. Which, I mean, just hearing that alone, I was like, okay, if I heard that we were going to peg the Aussie dollar to the New Zealand dollar, mm. I'd be like, shut up. Yeah. No. Yeah. Even if they were doing better than us. Yeah. No. I yeah. don't know why. Yeah. Why? I don't like them. Like, and that's just they sound funny when that's they're just talk. a that's just an emotional feeling that I have. <laughs> yeah. Which yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure there probably yeah. was emotional feeling at the time, even if it was a good idea. Yeah. Which I don't know whether it was or not. Well, I mean, Britain and Germany have history. They do. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not go there. No. Uh, yet. Okay. Um, so, um, because of all the pressure, Thatcher resigns. Uh, and following that, um, there's division mm-hmm. about Eurosceptics and, okay. and there's Eurosceptics rising in the Conservative Party at this point sure. too. Uh, and so, and then in 1992, um, the UK and Italy get rid of the European exchange rate mechanism. Right. So they unpeg themselves. Okay. Um, and as far as I could tell, so this is a, there's a, there's a thing called Black Wednesday. Yep. It's like yep. an e- economic disaster disaster thing. Yes. There was like something, something about currency speculation. Look, if there's an economist listening out there <laughs> right <us>. now, <laughs> send me an email. How did it come to this podcast at gmail.com? I would love to hear from you. Um, but essentially from what I could tell, um, the currency like collapses yeah. once they unpeg. It costs okay. them somewhere in the order of three billion pounds. Yes, I did read about that. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, that's a lot that's, of money. So great. like it's bad. It wasn't yeah. good. Yeah. It wasn't good. Yeah. Uh, and so obviously that's the first kind of like – bad thing that's going on mm. with the European Union in politics in the UK that's sure. kind of like, yeah. oh my goodness, what? Yeah. Um, and so- But seems like kind of their own making? Potentially. Yeah. Potentially. I mean, 
not to cast blame anywhere or anything like that, but you know, sure. Uh, that's just how I sort of perceive yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sure. All right. yeah. Um, <laughs> and so, and then, uh, that, so that all happens before we actually get to the, the must treaty, um, my brutalization <laughs> of foreign languages. Yeah. Um, and so that, that treaty comes into effect in 1993, mm-hmm. which again was, um, the evolution from the economic, community into, into like the actual parliament. European yeah. Union. Yeah. Uh, and so the growth the, this of, is, yeah. this is, I think this is the point. Okay. This is the point at which a lot of the Eurosceptics today would say, this I, is bad. I knew back in 1993. Right? This is bad yeah, because okay. what happens is, so the European Union is formed with the parliament and the, yeah. where we're going to give some regulation power and control over to them. Okay. And so what happens is yeah. the, the, the British parliament, does it without a referendum, even though other countries hold a referendum okay. to sign on to the Treaty of Rome. Oh, sorry, the Maastricht. Maastricht Treaty. <laughs> yeah. Um, even though the other countries hold a referendum for that, uh, Britain decides not to. Britain decide not to. They just try decide just we're just act of okay. parliament. It would be interesting to know if there had been a referendum. What the what would have happened? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Um, and so. Um, Surely there were polls taken. Maybe. I don't know. I didn't see any. Fact checker. Um, but I do know, I do know that um, essentially it kind of was not a good, um, it, uh, oh, what, am I, what am I trying to say here? That Essentially because they did it that way and they were giving up sovereign yeah. rights yeah. to a European parliament. To another, yeah. Um, there, there have been there have been legal arguments that they okay. shouldn't have done it that okay. way. Okay, all right, yeah. Um, because you're essentially handing over some sovereign power sure. to another entity, entity, yeah, that yep. is not your own. Yep. Uh, and so, I, I guess that makes that sense. Makes sense. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense yeah. to me that that would be, you know. Uh, and so, uh, and this is this is where I so this perceived democratic deficit directly led to the formation of the referendum party and the UK Independence Party or UKIP. Okay. So really, they, so were, the, they were that early. This, well, yeah, it seems like it. Um, okay. Wow. And so that was, um, yeah, that was in 1993. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we get this rise of um, growing, opposition slow growth of opposition to, to, yeah, to okay. Europe because the more and more the, the European Parliament start to do trade regulation yeah. control, mm-hmm. I guess the more they can point to we didn't ask for this. Yeah, all right. It's interesting because uh, like one of the people that I spoke to, so this is a shout out to Elisa, who is living in the UK at the moment, um, a friend of my sister-in-law who has helped me with this. She said that uh, when David Cameron introduced the referendum, um, that it kind of seemed to come out of nowhere. Um, like, like didn't seem like it was something that people were really talking about mm-hmm. when he announced that there would be a referendum on staying or leaving mm-hmm. uh, the mm-hmm. EU. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so clearly there is a, a long, but maybe sort of quiet history, like all the way back to the early nineties sure. where like this opposition was kind of growing and people had problems with it all the way back then. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. So uh, according to uh, James- We've got a fact check. It seems like the referendum is potentially um, kind of like a, kind of like what a plebiscite would be here in Australia. So more of a public survey um, thing, but I guess, um, maybe one that's binding by law in, in the UK. I'm not sure about that okay. either, but uh, 
that, yeah. that probably warrants more research as well. I, yeah. I wouldn't mind looking into that. Yes. What have you got, Siobhan? So it looks like um, it's an article from 1993 where there was pressure to let people decide on the Maastricht Treaty. Right. Um, yeah, so uh, it like, doesn't surprise via, me that there would have been. referendum, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because I know that um, so Ireland held a referendum um, yeah, mm-hmm. on, on it. Um, so like, you know, that doesn't surprise me that people yeah. would have been like, um, why are we getting one? <laughs> yeah. Um, so that, that Seems makes a lot of bizarre, sense yeah. to me. Okay. Um, so yeah. Um, so we get that, uh, that happening and then, yeah, we rising, rising neuroscepticism coming, mm-hmm. um, coming in the form of those organized bodies. So, yep. you know, UKIP is obviously beating the drum for a long time yeah, since 1993. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, um, they, they eventually get to the point, the, U- the UKIP party, um, of actually getting people placed in the European Parliament, which is, yes. again, like I said last time, it's, that's a- With Nigel Far- Farage. Like Nigel right? Farage, who was yeah. the, the leader of yeah. the, the Brexit movement. So you've and got UKIP an, in, a lever yep. sort of working as your elected um, representative to the European Union, um, kind of undermining it from within. Yeah. You, you would think. Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, and so that that's a, I think that's a really interesting- like, you know, yeah, yeah, undermining it from within. That's, In- a, that's a funny. Yeah. Interesting tactic. Like, I yeah. mean, probably smart, really. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I think that's probably you know, yeah. one, one of the, um, I don't think I'm wrong in saying that one of the reasons they they say that we got to this the point with the 2016 mm. referendum is yeah. the drumming of UKIP. Yeah. And, and I mean, that like every time there's a European election, they're running on this platform of, hey, mm. why, do, why are we doing this? Yeah. Vodacin yeah. will get us out. Yeah. So, okay. like, you know, I think yeah, yeah. the All longer right. you stay around beating the, this the, drum. The more support you get. Yeah. Mm. Um, All right. So are we jumping to 2016 now? Or? I think we yeah. are. We're, All right. we're there. Okay. Yep. All right. So um, the election in 2016, they uh, the Leave Party wins with a 52% majority. Yep. Um, I've got some figures here of the breakdown of ages um, of people who voted. So um, in the uh, age bracket 18 to 24, um, only 27% of people voted to leave. Uh, But in the age bracket um, of over 65, 60% voted to leave Mm. and 55 to 64, 57% voted to leave and 45 to 54, 56% voted to leave. Yeah. So – there is an obvious trend there. Um, yeah. The, yeah, the, the older sort of Brits were the ones who were voting to leave and apparently they were the ones who turned out in force on the day to vote. Sure. Um, and younger people um, did not. Be more complacent maybe. Yeah, yeah. And there was absolutely complacency with the stay um, yeah, party just, and their argument. They, they just thought that they, they weren't. Just, yeah, did yeah. not even uh, conceive that the um, leave argument would win. Yeah, so, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. There is also apparently trends in the education levels of the people who were voting. Right. Um, the more educated people tended to vote to stay. Yeah. I suppose that goes the way you think it would go. Yeah, I guess so. Um, and, oh, we've got some stats here. What have you got for us, James? Breakdown via. Oh, the breakdown via. Okay. So, yeah. Um, so in Scotland, the vote to leave was only 38%. 
Oh, I'd be annoyed mm. if I was Scottish. Yeah, wouldn't you be? Mm. Which I guess is also, you know, jumping mm. way forward while yeah. there's talk of Scotland having another, another vote yeah. to leave the yeah. UK. That's, and and yeah. Northern Ireland was only 44.2% to leave. Yeah. So. And it was definitely, I, I, if I remember correctly, um, it was very much um, country areas that, mm. like country yeah. counties Rural. that voted to, to leave. To leave, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, so like with the people who I've spoken to, so, um, oh, what was I? So, uh, Elisa was saying that, um, there is this sort of perception that everything that's going wrong in England sort of at the moment or at the time in 2016 was blamed on the EU and, um, their policies regarding migration. Yeah. Um, the example she used was that, you know, it, it takes a week to see your GP and that's because of all the migrants who are coming in and, and blocking up and getting, get, wanting right. to go see the GP. So now it's harder for me so to go see a GP. Um, actually which, that's, that's, here's a question. Yeah. Were migrants able to use the NHS? I, I guess if you're a European, National Health Service for those who yeah. aren't, aren't aware. Um, if you're a European Union member, then surely yeah. that's, part, that's part of it. Part of it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Um, yep. I mean, I'm not sure. I would just, I would be assuming because, yeah, that is the example she used, uh, whereas, like, it's obviously not true. And the other one, so my, my brother-in-law, Alex, is um, English and um, – the other one is is workers um, sort of coming and you know taking our jobs and stuff like that. Yeah. But um, again, not not true. It doesn't really play out when you look at the numbers. Sure. And these people are coming to England and doing the jobs that British people don't, don't want, want to do, do anyway. Which is pretty much the migrant story. Anyway, yeah, well, isn't exactly. It? Like they're low paying jobs. They're usually like hard laboring sort of jobs. Sure. Um, then, and you know, it's the same in Australia. Like Australians yeah. don't want to do those jobs. No, so of course. you need your migrants. You do. Um, yeah, so um, they're two sort of insights that they had with yeah. the the reasons I, behind. I do remember there was that, uh, you know, there was all those images after like the influx of migrants from like Syria, mm. you know, and the lions in France yeah. trying to get over to, to England, yeah. you know, and they're just like yeah. camping out. And there was that was a big like, yeah. well, like even over here, that was, that a, was a big story. Big yeah, story. they're getting like the boats to Greece and Italy and then from there just sort of disappearing into the EU. Yeah. And, um, yeah. yeah. Um, causing problems. Yeah. yeah. So, so. Um, okay. And we've been fact-checked. Yeah, so the good. United Kingdom has a reciprocal healthcare agreement with their country of residence. People who are not defined as ordinarily residents, such as temporary migrants and visitors can claim treatment on the NHS. If their country of residence has a reciprocal agreement. Okay. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Owen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, well that, okay. So that makes sense. Yep. All right. Yeah. So like, and, um, yeah. So I, I do remember immigration being, mm, being a big one part of, the big of, ones. Yeah. of why we should leave. Yeah. Um, you know, we can control our borders again was a, a big kind of, yeah. you know, um, part of that. Um, yeah. Um, Alex also pointed to Murdoch Media driving these fears. <laughs> Murdoch so, Media, maybe that's maybe that's worth an that episode in the future. Our gift to you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. Sorry about that, guys. Yeah. Um, yeah you know, I like, used to be. I used to just on go, just on that. Go. I used to be really proud of the fact that Rupert Murdoch owned Fox because Fox owned Star Wars, and I was like, we own Yay. Star Wars. <laughs> that but was, then, uh, but, then, but now, well. <laughs> now, that I'm, now that I'm growing up, I'm like, damn you, Rupert Murdoch. Oh, Rupert, what have you done? Um, yeah, so, uh, and the fact that um, 
Brexit seems to be a symptom of general worldwide right wing populism. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, which uh, again, 2016 is is definitely the that year, year that where we saw happened. the rise yeah. of that that yeah. populism. Yes. I don't think we leader. were recording when we talked about it, but yeah, like the fact that um, we thought that 2016 was the worst year ever before We did think that, didn't we? Thought we? It was awful. We yeah. did. We yeah. did. And now look at us. <laughs> we're sorry 2016. Yeah. You weren't you weren't that bad. <laughs> you weren't that bad. Just a couple of sad decisions. Yeah. 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 Um and so, you know, we, we we finally get to this uh, the point. So the referendum happens, and one of the things that we're facing at the minute is um, what kind of agreement mm. are the UK going to have <laughs> once they leave? Because they haven't left yet. It's not done no, just so, yet. So well, so on the thirty first of January yep. this year, yep. that was, was supposed to happen. Like the. Well, it, it did, it didn't did? it? I think it okay. did. And but they've got now eleven months to finalise. That was sort of the, right. So okay, it's like you're out. You're out. But now we've got to finalise agreements. And now we've got eleven months right. to figure out how gotcha. we're going to move forward. As right. So they granted an extension yeah. on agreements. Yeah, I think so. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not the hard out. Like, yeah. 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 I mean, I don't think they can come back now. Like just like that. Like if they no. change their mind. If they change their mind, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yep. But yeah, they're um, out, and now they've got eleven months to sort out a new arrangement of how they're going to move forward sort of economically. Um, you're right. Yeah, you're right. 20, so 31st of January, 2020 was yeah. the transition period set yep. to end on the 31st of December. Yes. Yeah. 2020. Yeah. Um, so and that's what Bojo is struggling with at the moment. Yeah. Cause he really needs an agreement of some sort, which is yes. where Tony Abbott fits in the picture because <laughs> he needs, Our he, man he's, he's <laughs> off, he's off on a globe trotting adventure yeah. to, to get an agreement for England. He's going to fix it. <laughs> is he? <laughs> Like you fixed oh. Australia. <laughs> okay, so we're not getting political. Well, it's not. Okay, but yeah. So I think what we we were talking about this earlier today, which yes. was the the invocation of Article Fifty, mm-hmm. which was the that, that's the European um, Euro- Union article on leaving. Yes. Um, the European Union. Yeah, we got a fun fact. Fun fact: Ooh. Has a country ever left the EU before? I think they have. You think they have? I do. I'm, I'm, I'm okay to be wrong though. James. I think someone might have. You think someone might have? <sighs> Can you please play the sound? For you? However. No, no, however, just be wrong. Just stand there and you're wrong. Listen, be wrong and get used to it. Oh. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, you are technically wrong. Three territories of member states have withdrawn. So French Algeria withdrew in uh, 1962, Greenland withdrew in 1985, and hmm, St. Barthélemy oh, yeah. uh, withdrew in 2012. Okay. But they were territories of member of states. Of member states, yeah. 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 Um, so technically who is, not. Who is Greenland a member, like a territory of? I don't know. I was just like, I thought they were was in their it, own country. Were they were they part of like one of the, the Nordic I don't know. countries maybe? I don't know. All I know is Greenland is full of ice and Iceland is very nice. Thanks, Mighty Ducks. Thank you. <laughs> um, um, so there you go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah. So Fun Article 50 facts. is is um, is invoked. Um, ooh, we have we have it. They're part of Denmark. Oh, they're yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I did know that. The that's the realm of Denmark, the, I've been told. Ooh. The realm of Denmark awesome. because, of course. Sounds like a fairy land. Well, it kind of is. It is yeah. really, isn't it? <laughs> Hans Christian Andersen. Yeah, yeah. What not? Yeah. Um, cool. so <laughs> okay, Article 50. Article, yeah, Article 50 track. is invoked and um, and so that kind of – that set it in motion. Yeah. And there was that, – that, that meant there was a timeline. Yes. And so 
we're nearing the end of that timeline. We and, are. And things still aren't. Yeah. And aren't like, right. I, it, it almost seems like things are getting worse. Um, so there are accusations of Boris Johnson, like breaking the law now with some oh, of wow. the changes. Okay. I'm sure I read that somewhere. Sure. Like, or, you know, it's definitely like skirting the lines of what is legal. Okay. Um, yeah. With some of the changes that he's making right, to the plans. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think the biggest sticking point at the moment seems to be Northern Ireland and okay. because Northern Ireland is the only land, um, you know, barrier with, yeah, yeah, yeah. with Britain and the EU. Which is, that, and that's a tough one to, well, to sort out. we don't want to go back to the seventies there, do we? No, <laughs> that, that would not be a good thing. Yeah. So, um, um, that seems to be like one of the biggest sticking points for mm, them at the moment. Mm. Mm. Well, I've learned something today. Yeah. Well, I have I hope to. you have too. I have too. I, before we wrap up, I just want to do a big thank you to um, Alex and Alisa yeah. for all of their information. I didn't use half of what they told me yeah. um, because it, it, like it, we don't have all the time and they, they were so informative. So thank you very much. Yes. Guys. Thank you for informing us. Yeah. Um, and um, look, I, I hope you uh, you enjoyed uh, enjoyed the, the show this week. We are mm-hmm. going to, we're going to be uh, releasing another episode during the school holidays, yeah. um, even though we're going to be on holidays, but yeah, um, we, are. we are going to, we'll, we'll be releasing another episode then. Yep. Um, but uh, until then, that's how it came to this. Yay. As always, you can catch us by email. How did it come to this podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook uh, at our new Facebook and Twitter pages, uh, handle at HDICTT podcast. Uh, if you like the show, remember to leave us a review if you can. How did it come to this is written by Daniel Matters and Siobhan Doherty. Our producer is James Tuckwell, edited by Daniel Matters, original music by Lachlan McWhirter.